These prayers are prayers that uh, not only was Paul praying for a specific church, they're prayers that we should be praying for every Christian that we know, and they are prayers that we should be praying before anything else for ourselves. And so with that in mind, hear these words. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, so that you'll know the right thing to do. Now, uh, wouldn't it be great to know what the best choice is, what the right thing to do is? It, it could be in big decisions or small decisions. We we want to know where am I really going to go to school? You know, where am I going to go to college? Uh, what do I really want to do with the rest of my life? Some of you may be facing career decisions. Uh, you may be trying to decide whether you should stay where you are or whether you should go, whether you should retire, whether you should not. You know, there are big decisions that need to be made in life. Investments. Some of you may be wondering right now, do I pull my, my investments uh, out of China? Uh, you might be a good thing to do. Who knows? Should I buy this or not? Sharon and I are coming up on the time when we're going to have to buy another car. Sometimes uh, things just come upon you and then you have to make a decision. So many decisions. Do we get a van or do we get a pickup truck? You know, uh, do we get a, uh, you know, what, you know, what, 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 what model, you know, what brand, you know, we, there's so many different things, you know, what's our limit on how much we want to spend, you know, what can we afford? You know, there are all sorts of things where we need to know the right thing to do and the right thing to do uh, isn't always uh, what we want to do. That's just it. Now, one of the things that, uh, oh, another thing, uh, uh, what should, should I post this on Facebook? Should I share this on Facebook or not? I'm going to use a silly example, but this applies to big things as well. These are the, what I'm going to share with you today applies to relationships, whether you should get into one, whether you should stay in one. Uh, it applies to all different areas of life. But uh, this is one that uh, I face every day because uh, I, I like to use Facebook as a tool for ministry. But sometimes there's things that are just fun, you know. And sometimes those things that are just fun are borderline to me. And this is one of the areas, uh, just as the new year was coming on, this wasn't a new year's resolution. It's just, it was that time of the year that the Lord began to deal with me about my speech, about what I say. Uh, sometimes I can be, I don't even know it, but he started helping me to hear myself when I'm being critical and I didn't even know it before. He's helping me to hear myself in different ways that even at 70 years of age, I am growing uh, in my relationship with the Lord. And as I grow in my relationship with the Lord, it affects 
all of life. And so it affects, and right now, this is the scripture that he really drove home for me. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Think of some of the Facebook posts. Think of the political Facebook posts. In light of this scripture, how many of those should ever have been put out there? Just think about it. And uh, like I ran across some of it's how you present them. I ran across this uh, the other day. Uh, it's a statement that a guy made. And I started, oh, that's funny. I started just copy and paste it and post it. Then I decided, you know, I need to think about this for a minute. This is the, uh, the post. I was stunned last night when my wife told me I was too wrapped up in myself. When did I get a wife? <laughs> now then, the thing is, if I just put that out there, what would people have thought of the way I think of Sharon? So I have to, I've discovered I need to be careful just sharing something like that. Uh, you've got to be careful. But so I was able to word it a little differently. So whenever I posted it, I mean, it was hilarious to me. And so I said, ever, ever know anyone like the guy who made this statement? And see, I removed myself from it. And uh, so therefore I preserved, I thought, my relationship with my wife uh, in posting this and wasn't nobody could take it as a slight for her. And then her comment, she came back and commented on my Facebook page and she said, I think he is probably deceased. <laughs> and so uh, and I think that that was something that was uh that gave grace to those who hear and was edifying, you know, to all who heard it, you know, you better not. Okay. Anyway. So the thing is, sometimes you have to prayerfully consider what you're putting on Facebook. Is it going to be edifying? Is it going to bring grace to those? And just because it's funny doesn't mean it's going to be grace to everybody. Here's an example I know everyone is tired of all the negativity with all the recent events. I'm negative too. I'm sorry. Now, this is a, a, a thing to be posted on Facebook. I, in fact, I found it. One of my friends posted this. Uh, he says, I can't help it. I just can't comprehend how this guy is so successful. How did he win? And to be on the biggest stage in the world now, it doesn't make sense. No one ever thought he was a real contender, but here he is. With all the scandal, how people think he wins are illegitimate because of tampering, how he'll need an asterisk next to his name in the history books, etc. What are we supposed to think? It's surreal. His goofy haircuts, his weird sense of style, his cockiness, his supermodel trophy wife, his ridiculous popularity with some people. And in parentheses, it says, yet I don't know anyone around me who likes him in parentheses. The media gives him 
so much attention in a weird love-hate relationship. Some already say he's the greatest ever. How do you ignore it? I don't care what anyone says. I'm rooting for him to fail. Call me mean. I just don't like Tom Brady. (laughs) Now then, the question, it's hilarious, but do you post it or not? Does it, is it edifying? What's the word here? Uh, Let's see, such a word, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Now, this is one I ran this by my spiritual counselor, my godly counselor, Sharon, and uh, her response is, yeah, it's hilarious, except to the people that are Patriots fans. And she is right. She's right. So my decision on this is I'm not going to post it. But, you know, it's one of these things where sometimes the spirit and the flesh war against each other. And in this one, my flesh loves this. This is the way I am. But you see, what I'm having to do is change the way I am. And it's hard. But the thing is, if we love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our might, and all our strength, then we are going to love our neighbor as ourself, and we're even going to be considerate of Patriots fans. You know, it's just one of these things that uh, that we have to do. And sometimes it's a matter of, uh, like, I, like I say, you've heard me say this, you'll hear me say it again and again, spiritual growth is giving as much of yourself as you know to as much of God as we understand. And there are other ways to have fun besides posting things that are divisive and uh, that, that, that whack other people. So that's just an example. So uh, that being said, let's look more deeply and quickly at Paul's prayer. Paul prays that your love may abound. And he's not talking about just the love for each other that they have in their church. He means that, but that love is coming from a deeper love. He's talking about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Every one of them in that place, every one of them had come to a place in their lives where they realized that Jesus had died on the cross for their sins but they needed to appropriate that personally to their lives and receive the forgiveness of sin that they'd offer, that it was offered to them, and then give themselves to him where they could truly live with Jesus as Lord. And just like any other relationship, you grow in that relationship, in that love relationship. And as your love, as your love relationship relationship with him gets deeper, you will wind up being one who is going to have more and more knowledge. I'm having more and more knowledge of how my words affect other people, how they can edify and build up 
or they can cut down and hurt so badly. Knowledge and depth of insight as you grow in him, your knowledge and your depth of insight will increase so that you may be able to discern, to know what's best, to know what's best. Now then, uh, that being said, we know that it changes us at our very core. Essentially, Paul is wanting them to experience God who is love in such a deep way that they are transformed. You know, uh, one of the things that happens is that as you grow in him, your, your view, your perspective of the things around you changes. I shared last week when we we're talking about sharing our faith uh, and I'd seen the riots on TV and I saw that young man take up something and throw it through the storefront of through the glass on the front of a Starbucks. And uh, what I saw was someone that did not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I saw someone that needed prayer and he needed an example. He needed everything that we have to offer. And uh, so anyway, you see that your eyes can be opened and it changes what you see. No longer do you see an enemy. Uh, sometimes instead you start seeing uh, a person that is lost, just like at one point I was lost and they need to be found. They need to be saved. And how are they going to hear unless somebody talks to them about it? So uh, that's one of the things we talked about. It changes the way we see things. I gave this to you. This is a sermon illustration, this handout here. If you look there on the handout in the upper left-hand corner, what do you see? What logo is that? Let's hear it. FedEx. That's right. The upper right. I said left. I meant right hand corner. Uh, upper right hand corner is FedEx. Okay. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Have y'all ever noticed the arrow in the logo? If you've noticed the arrow before, hold your hand up. Let's see. Okay. About maybe 25%. But now the rest of you, I want you to look closely can you see the arrow now? You know, the, the left-hand side of the X is the point of the arrow. And then the right-hand side of the E is the shaft of the arrow. Do you see the arrow in there now? If you see the arrow now, hold up your hand. Another 15%. Okay. All righty. So, uh, but anyway, so now, now you see the arrow. If there's somebody next to you that doesn't see the arrow, if you don't see the arrow, hold up your hand. Let's see. Okay, everybody. Okay. All right. So the, the, somebody's showing the arrow. There's somebody back there that can't see the arrow. Well, let's go on to another one. Uh, Baskin Robbins. Do you see the 31 in the middle of Baskin Robbins? Big 10. Do you see the 11 in the middle of Big 10? Uh, Goodwill. Do you see that that half a smiley face is a G? You know, there are a lot of these things. Now, the one in the center is London Symphonic Orchestra. Can you see the L-S-O? How many see the conductor conducting? Let's see your hands. 
Okay, yeah, some of it's starting to see. Anyway, you see, it's a, it's also a conductor conducting. He's got his wand up, other hands like this, and so. But the thing is, especially with the FedEx thing, the next time you see a FedEx sign, you're going to see the arrow. Maybe you never saw that arrow before, but now you have been transformed. You see, and from this point on, you're going to see that arrow. You can't not see that arrow. And so it is with our relationship with the Lord. Whenever he changes us by, let, by pouring his love out in our hearts and we know how precious we are to him and we know that we were even worse than some of the people around us and that he loves them just as much as he loves us. And if our heavenly father who has poured his love out and shed his love abroad in our hearts, uh, if he loves them, how can we not help but love them also? Anyway, that's the sort of thing that happens. And so he will transform you so that you will want to do the right thing, the best thing, instead of just what you want to do. There's so many times, so many people that uh, they are uh, just, it's just like what they want to do when they want to do it. And uh, so uh, this is, uh, but that's, that's just it. That's not what it's all about. And so we come to, I'm just going to give you three steps to knowing what's best. Three steps. The first thing to the key to knowing what's best is knowing God. That's number one. Number two, we've talked about is, is seek godly counsel. Now, Sharon is my godly counselor. I have learned to now, now then some, if I think, if I'm thinking a Facebook thing may be teetering on the brink, I run it by Sharon. And she is great at giving me godly counsel. And other decisions, I need to be sure I'm making them with her in mind, uh, even if it's not uh, uh, just something like Facebook or something like that. We are a team. You know, it says in Scripture, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so I need to consider her in every decision I make, not just her counsel, but her welfare, her well-being, because I'm supposed to be treating her like my own flesh. And so uh, anyway, but you seek godly counsel. It says in Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so first, you know the Lord. And then secondly, you seek advice from other Christians, from godly people. And then third, you pray. Prayer is, is talking to God, but it's also listening to God. Guys, if you walked in the house and your wife said, well, how did your day go? And you gave her the perfunctory a short answer, you know, that you guys are supposed to give like, oh, it was just fine. And then you said, how did your day go? And she started to tell you and you just walked off. Uh, that wouldn't be right, would it? That wouldn't be right. Now then, wives, you can nudge your husbands right now and say, hey, preacher's talking to you. 
We need to not only just talk to our spouses, we need to listen to them. And the same way with God, we need to not just talk to him, we need to listen for what he has to say and ask him the questions. What should I do? Where should I go? How should I go about this? And the way that he speaks to me more than any other way is through impressions, I guess you might say. Uh, a, a, a sense of, well, this is, it'll start off, this is what I think I ought to do. Lord, is this you talking? And then slowly, that right thing to do, it will grow and it will grow. And I will know it's not of me and uh, that it's the Lord speaking to my heart. And then it'll be confirmed through godly counsel. And uh, I will know what the right thing to do is. He will make it clear to me. He'll speak to my heart, maybe not audibly, but in a way that cannot be ignored. And then after praying and listening, go to God's word. Hide his word in your heart. Know from his word what he desires in all situations. And then, then you're going to know what's best to do. What's the situation that you're facing right now? Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, maybe it's a, 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 a relationship that needs restoring. Maybe it's a career path. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's uh, bad news from the doctor. Maybe it's uh, a business decision that you need to make. In all of these things, there's a right thing to do. And it may not be what you just feel like you want to do. But you see, we do live in a world of things that are not best, but God has something that is the best. And as you seek him, as you walk with him, he will help you to know what is the right thing, the best thing to do in that situation. Let us pray. Lord, I know that there are people right here in this room and I know that there are people listening to this message uh, later on in other places around the world that are facing challenges in their lives and they need your help. They need your guidance. They need your direction. They desire to know the right thing to do. And I pray, Lord, that the first thing that they will do is to draw near to you. And as they do so, that you will pour your love out into their heart so that they will know the depth of your love and that you will give them discernment as to what is the right thing to do. And I pray, O oh God, that you will guide them and direct them and uh, just order their paths in a righteous way as they reach out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is uh, number 714, I Know Whom I Have Believed. And that's, uh, we're just going to sing the first verse this morning. And so as we sing, 
I ask you to stand. If there any is anybody here that would like to become a member of this church this morning, we'll give you this opportunity. If you are one here that has been, uh, maybe you've gone to church your whole life and you realize that you aren't in a love relationship with God. You've just been doing what you thought you ought to do. And you realize now that you need to give yourself to him and to receive what he has done for you. And if that's you this morning, I'll be happy to pray with you if you'd come forward. But let me tell you also, I met the Lord whenever I was tired of living and scared to die. And I was home, home, I wasn't alone, but I was sitting in a chair in my house. And uh, you can pray and you can tell the Lord, help me. My life's not where it's supposed to be. And I ask you to just come into my life. And I ask you to just take over now. I want to do what you want me to do from this point on. And you listening on the recording of this, if that's you, I invite you just to pray. Lord, I give my life to you. Here I am. I don't feel like I'm much but I know that you think that I'm somebody and I want to live now being that person that you've called me to be. I want to stop living the way I want to live because look where it's gotten me. I want to do what you want me to do now. From this point on, I want to be yours. Thank you for dying on the cross and washing me of my sins so that I can walk with you and do the right thing in Jesus name. Amen.